Hi everyone, my name is Nimrat. And my name is Manur. And we're back with another episode of Girl Power Hour. With Christmas break and long snowy days, not to mention everyone getting sick, we thought a great way to welcome our viewers back would be to get cozy this winter season and empower individuals by debunking myths surrounding female and sexual reproductive health. So sit back, grab a cup of tea, and join us as we address six common misconceptions about female health. Not to mention, we'll be sharing and discussing some of the poll questions you guys answered on our Instagram page. The female reproductive system includes parts of the female body that are involved in fertility, reproduction, and sex. It includes organs such as the uterus, ovaries, fallopian tubes, cervix, and the vagina. The menstrual cycle prepares the body for a possible pregnancy. Now, everything we mentioned is a natural and completely normal process for women to undergo. So why is this completely natural process unspoken about? Unfortunately, many areas of reproductive health, including abortion, miscarriages, infertility, and menstrual issues, continue to be taboo topics, and many women feel unheard, even when they have sought professional help. To add on, this cultural stigma and shame passed down through generations continues to reduce awareness on female reproductive health. In turn, a lack of awareness means a lack of education for women on their sexual health in issues such as breast cancer, polycystic ovarian syndrome, and much more. Now let's dive into our first myth of the hour. Myth number one, women with polycystic ovarian syndrome syndrome cannot get pregnant, and losing weight can cure polycystic ovarian syndrome. First of all, let's start off with what polycystic ovary syndrome is. It is a hormonal imbalance condition in women, and the impacts include cysts in the ovaries, hormonal imbalance, irregular periods, increased androgen levels, weight gain, and acne oily skin. PCOs can also increase the likelihood of type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, heart disease, and endometrial cancer. 8 to 13% of women who are of reproductive age have diagnosed PCOs. An estimated 70% of women with polycystic ovarian um, syndrome are undiagnosed. Some ethnicities are actually more affected by PCOs than others. It can be genetically passed on, and PCOS is often associated to infertility, obesity, and poor body image, which creates a social and cultural stigma around PCOS. Then there is a myth that, that says that losing weight cures PCOS. There is no cure for PCOS. There are different impacts that PCOS has on different people. The range of the impact is specific to everyone, and those impacts can lessen with the decrease of weight. For example, fertility. Overweight and obese women can indeed help balance their hormones by losing weight, but it does not cure. There are many other treatments aimed to manage these symptoms. Impacts of PCOs, such as changes in lifestyle, that is eating habits, and exercising. Birth control pills are also another great way to manage your cycle and your androgen levels. And more specific ways to mitigate the various effects of PCOs would be provided from your doctor or a healthcare professional. Now, myth number two, women are impure when they're on their periods. 
We've all heard the prevalent myth that women were labeled as quote-unquote polluted in their menstrual phases throughout societies and religions. The age-old myth explores the historical and cultural ramifications which apply to menstruation. Ancient myths from various cultures regarded menstrual blood as something magical with enormous powers, but nevertheless impure. Menstruation was believed to harbor great powers by historical cultures, such as those from ancient Greece and Rome, but they held negative beliefs, a perfect blend of both positive yet negative aspects. Almost all religions except Sikhism have traditionally looked at it as a sign of uncleanliness. In a slightly neutral approach on menstruation, Islam is discussed as an exception. A contemporary outlook depicts that the myth surrounding menstrual impurity continues to thrive in different cultures affecting social constructs and women's help-seeking behaviors. This myth applies strongly to women in India by regarding impure women in India during um, their periods. So the origin of this myth is derived from the Vedic times and its relation to menstruation, guilt, and impurity with reference to these characters in religious narratives. As it has been historically pointed out, period blood was so dirty to have practices such as husbands refusing to sleep with menstruating women and excluding them from religious activities. Menstruating women were considered to be unsanitary, which had a number of implications, particularly in relation to the performance and preparation of food, as well as entry into kitchens and participation in re religious rituals. So this stresses that these beliefs are socially engineered and upheld by a patriarchal society. Menstruation is a natural biological phenomenon associated with reproduction, and it cannot be considered impure. Now let's take a small break and shift gears over to our Instagram poll. Based on our Instagram poll questions, for the question of what affects regular menstrual cycle length, the overwhelming majority of you guys voted exercise habits, which is correct. The ovaries in the body act as a muscle to pump blood, so frequent exercise results in stronger ovaries to pump blood and sometimes less cramps. Our next poll, we asked, what is considered to be a woman's fertile period? And all 31 of you guys, except for two people, said ovulation, which is correct. Ovulation is a phase of the female menstrual cycle that involves the release of an egg or ovum from one of the ovaries. And now moving on to our third myth, myth number three, birth, controls cause, birth control pills cause cancer. Using oral contraceptives as birth control. Oral contraceptives are used as treatments of severe menstrual disorders, infertility, birth control, acne, etc. Oral contraceptives are FDA approved indications for birth control. There are long term benefits such as reducing endometrial colorectal cancer and ovarian cancer risk. Many users of oral contraception also have a reduced overall risk of incident cancer. However, there have been other facts reported, such as increase in risks of breast and cervical cancers. Formulations are effective for birth control, but the risk of other effects may differ by formulation. For instance, oral contraceptives is associated with a significant increase in the risk of breast cancer. 
With such studies, there were concern among women towards the effects of oral contraceptive pills. Ishak's research shows that this is even more common in Egypt, Nigeria, India, Malawi, because of the wide gap between scientific evidence and public perception of the safety of contraceptives. One path of resistance to contraceptive use was already spread of health-related myths about contraceptives. While it is important to develop reproductive health programs to refute myths and misguided beliefs about modern contraceptives, including OCs, oral contraceptives, the effect of birth control on one's health is not fully affected by the formulation, but also by lifestyle and the living environment. Aside from the benefits and risks, it cannot be denied that birth control plays a vital role in controlling conception and pregnancy. A doctor's prescription is needed before using birth control, as there are various types of birth control pills tailored to users' medical history and condition. Myth number four, long-acting reversible contraception pills cause menstrual problems. So unintended pregnancy is one of the most troubling public health problems in the United States, accounting for approximately 3 million pregnancies or 50% of all pregnancies annually. However, the 42% decrease in unintended adolescent pregnancies between 1990 and 2008 and a 59% decrease in the teenage abortion rate between 1998 and 2008 is worth celebrating. This can be owed to the increase increased use, and accessibility of contraception. Although long-acting reversible contraception, such as the two available intrauterine devices and the ethnogestural implant are available, um, U.S. adolescents are more likely to use less effective methods, such as condoms and combination oral contraceptive pills. Menstrual disturbances are definitely one of the most common side effects of long-acting reversible contraception methods and should be included in patient counseling. So with Paragard, studies of other types of copper IUDs have found that the blood loss associated with heavy menstrual bleeding is not usually clinically significant. And with Implanon and Mirena, a systematic review of literature on Mirena and Implanon, menstrual effects found that all included studies demonstrated a significant reduction of menstrual blood loss or menstrual disturbance score, and most of them showed an improvement in iron levels. Other concerns with long-acting reversible contraceptions are that they cause weight gain, acne, hair loss, and osteoporosis, However, while these are all side effects, they are minimal and they are not directly correlated with long-acting um, reversible contraceptions. Now, going back to our Instagram poll, we asked you guys, how many years will a women's, woman spend on her period in her lifetime? And most of you voted 20 years, which was unfortunately incorrect. While it may feel like 20, a woman will spend the next 10 years of her life on her period. Another poll question we asked you guys was, how much blood does a woman lose on her period on average? Interestingly, you guys voted 50 ml, which is close, but the answer we were looking for was teaspoon. Now moving on to myth number five, menopausal hormone therapy or MHT causes cancer. 
MHTs used to replace natural hormones like estrogen and progesterone when there is a reduction in the normal normal hormone levels during or after menopause. Menopausal hormone hormone therapy can give uh, can be given in many ways through an implant, skin, or even a pill. Benefits of MHT include relief from menopause symptoms like hot flashes and sweating. MHT can include giving doses of both estrogen or progesterone, which is called combined therapy, or just estrogen itself. Just taking estrogen itself can help reduce menopausal symptoms. However, it increases the risk of endometrial cancer suggested by a study. But if we if both estrogen and progesterone are taken, then the risk of endometrial cancer goes back to normal. Estrogen progestin therapy, EPT, is linked to a higher risk of breast cancer and the lower risk of colorectal cancer. However, the cancer was observed to be more advanced in women who got EPT than those that did not. Estrogen progestin therapy is not linked to any skin or lung cancer. However, it is linked to a higher risk of dying if the person already has lung cancer. The risk for breast cancer that arises due to a long-term use of estrogen is still lower than the risk of breast cancer that arises from alcohol consumption, inactivity, and obesity. Estrogen therapy increases the risk of endometrial cancer. However, it is not linked to breast cancer and does not seem to have any effects on colorectal cancer, lung cancer, or skin cancer. Now, our last myth of this episode, having unprotected sex during periods is safe and will not lead to pregnancy. So while it is likely some women can ovulate shortly after their period ends, sperm can survive in the female reproductive tract for several days, increasing the chance of fertilization if ovulation occurs. Menstrual cycles can also vary in length, and some women may have shorter cycles, increasing the likelihood of ovulation closer to the end of their period. And as mentioned, sperm can survive in the female reproductive system for up to five days. So if a woman has a shorter menstrual cycle and has sex near the end of her period, the, um, the sperm may still be viable when she ovulates. And women with irregular menstrual cycles may find it challenging to predict when ovulation occurs, making it risky to rely on the assumption that they are not fertile during their period. So, and moving on to longevity of the egg. So while eggs typically have a shorter lifespan, if a woman has a longer menstrual cycle or a early ovulation, the egg may still be viable when sperm from unprotected sex during the period is present. And unreliable natural methods. So relying solely on the calendar method or tracking menstrual cycles for contraception is less effective than other methods like condoms or hormonal contraceptives. It's important for individuals to use reliable contraception methods if they want to prevent unintended pregnancies as relying on assumptions about fertility can lead to unpredictable and unwanted outcomes. Before we wrap up, let's take a look at another poll question. This time, we'll change it up and look at the true or false. Question, do women have worsening periods in the cold? And almost all of you guys said true, which is correct. We all feel it, so no research is needed. We're here. And our last poll 
of the episode, um, the average starting age of periods has changed over time. And all 34 of you guys voted true, which I am happy to say is right. Through evolution, we have seen diet, technology, and several changes which have influenced women to have earlier periods over time. These taboos can only be mitigated if we raise awareness about women's reproductive health and make more people educated on the topic. There are many organizations in Canada that are working at the national and community level to raise awareness, like Action Canada for Sexual Health and Rights and Women Health Awareness Community Engagement Program. At the societal level, it is our responsibility to raise awareness in our communities, schools, and workplaces by conducting seminars, women empowerment campaigns, as well as conferences. In order to solve these problems, funding menstrual hygiene management and women's schooling is fundamental. There is also a need for men to join the conversation. Sanitation projects and also health education to comprehensively deal with the issues focusing on changing discriminatory norms. Thank you for tuning into our podcast episode. We hope we shifted the paradigm of your perceptions, but most importantly, we hope we created a safe space for you to learn these unspoken truths. We are so happy to see our York community is educated on female reproductive health, and we hope to continue inspiring, educating, and evolving here in the Women Empowerment Club. Stay tuned for our next discussion in February. Thank you.